before we get into the episode, head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all your favorite beef jerky flavors. I'd recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN, all lowercase, to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DeMeglio, and this week I'm joined by returning guest Nick, the creator of the Sea Jets YouTube channel. Today, we'll talk about this three-game winning streak the Rangers are on, as well as focus on the superb play of Capo Caco. Nick, welcome, welcome back, man. How are you? I'm hyped to be here, dude. I love doing this stuff. I'm yeah. ready for it. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about this, this winning streak, man. Like, you know, all of a sudden, the Rangers lose four games. They, they start the yeah. season off strong <laughs> with, like, two complete efforts against the, the Lightning and the Wild. Things yep. are looking good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a poor performance in the third period against the Sharks, who were winless at the time. You know, David Quinn runs oh. us up it, back in his former building. Yep. And uh, the Sharks get their first win of the season. Not a good third period. Then the Rangers awesome. lose three more. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some may, may have felt that the sky was falling. And mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think so. I had Corey Snyder on last week. And, uh-huh. you know, I asked him, all these chances the Rangers are getting, they're not mm-hmm. resulting in goals. But does this mean that at some point soon that they will start coming through? And he said yes. And in the first game back, in the first, the next game that the Rangers played after the podcast, the Rangers scored like six times against the Stars. Yeah, so, that was a fun game to watch. Dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, I, I really like that, that effort. Like, you know, the Rangers started off slow in that game, but then they really, really took it to another level. Mm. Like after the first, like maybe 10 minutes, it was just all Rangers at that point. But and they were Rangers have, <laughs> yep, the Rangers have won three in a row after losing four straight. Before the winning streak, uh, I was listening to Mercagliano's podcast from last week with uh, the Blue Shirts Breakaway Boys, and he was saying the Rangers' expected goals for was more than their goals for. And and all that means, if you're not familiar with the analytics or if you don't follow it, uh, the way I understand it is it means that they're probably getting unlucky, that they're getting into the to the, the good areas of the ice you want to take mm-hmm. shots from, and they weren't, the puck just wasn't going in. And if it makes sense too, like in the last game against the Flyers, we were just talking about this. How many posts did the Rangers hit? Four. Oh Jesus Christ! More than they freaking should have, dude. That was tough to watch. Yeah, oh, four, four or five posts. But I think the Rangers are looking good. What does it look like from your perspective, dude? Uh, even even when we were losing, as frustrated and as annoyed as I was, you just see things that are clicking at such like at least in the regular season. At such a higher caliber than they were last year in the regular season. We know how well the Rangers were in, in the regular season last year. They were what, what, one win off of breaking their regular season record and wins. Yep. But when the Rangers got to the playoffs, at least starting game five against Pittsburgh, they looked like a brand new team, right? The young guys, Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle, all took steps to just a whole nother level. And the thing I was most scared about going into this season was that that playoff play was not going to carry over, and it has. And it shows, dude, scoring chance at the scoring chance at the scoring chance. Trocheck over Strom. I mean, Jesus Christmas, dude. That I had high expectations for Trocheck, and he's exceeded every single one of them. Even if he was pointless to this point, just his play alone and the difference he makes defensively, 
playing hard, skating hard, forecheck, backcheck, paycheck. He, he's already made such a difference over Strom. It, it's it's absurd. And that's not a that's not a, a shot at Strom. That's just how freaking good Trocek's been. Yeah, he hasn't been like one of those guys that like the Rangers have got one of those marquee free agents that like, you know, shows <laughs> up and then it takes him like 10 games to get going. Yep. Like, remember when we traded for Rick Nash, how long it took for him to get like Dude. his first goal or his second goal? Like, it was just a while. And then Marty St. Louis, he, too. It took him yep, 10 games. Saint, uh, yes, exactly. St. Louis mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I knew there was somebody else out there, mm-hmm. but it's happened before with the Rangers. All Trocek has fit right in. He mm-hmm. is not shy about getting on the score sheet and you mm-hmm. love to see it two Dude, goals against, awesome. two goals against the the stars a mm-hmm. uh, couple points i think against the 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 coyotes yep um yeah he's looked good the rangers are like over 50 percent well over 50 percent on yeah. the face-off <laughs> i knew you, you i didn't even Dude. say but you knew exactly what i was going towards like the Rangers. when's the last time the rangers were over 50 oh percent for face-offs i don't think i was oh watching them Dude, that, that's a stat boy Steven question, bro. It, it had it definitely before my lifetime. I promise you it was not happening in the last 20 years. There's no freaking way. Yeah, like the Rangers are controlling the puck a lot more and it's leading to more scoring chances. Mm-hmm. So when the ice is tilted in the opponent's direction, that's a good thing. It oh, may be yeah, frustrating. Dude. It may be frustrating when the puck's not going in, but this is the kind of team that I want to have. I don't want to mm-hmm. dump and chase Steve. That's God, that's no. only good for like five good scoring chances, mm-hmm. and is just fortunate enough to capitalize on three of them. I don't yep. want that. I want I want to control a game like how yep. Colorado controls a game, how mm-hmm. Tampa Bay controls a game. Mm-hmm. I want to be one of those teams. The Rangers have the talent to do that. Kako Lafreniere, like you said, have taken a big step forward this year yep. so far. And I I honestly I don't care what anyone else says that about like the Kako or Lafreniere is a bust because they haven't gotten on the score sheet too often mm-hmm. this is their first year in the top six and they yep. they look they fit right in there oh dude it, especially Kako, man holy hell dude i don't think anybody possesses the puck better than him on the rangers it's ridiculous maybe fox yeah fox yeah that's mm-hmm. that honestly he's the only one i'd argue with for, for that who, mm-hmm. who holds the puck longer mm-hmm. Kako has also had the puck more like yeah, i feel seriously. like lafreniere and Kako didn't at points last season especially early on there was like games of stretches of games where they would only touch the puck like 20 times in a game if that if that if you're touching the puck a whole lot i mean you're in a good position it's got it it has to be it has to mean you're doing something right mm-hmm. something better than you were doing last year i've right. always thought kako was good but he's just been so much better this year compared mm-hmm. to years past and he's confident Coaches Kako confidence. Kako confidence. Coaches <laughs> coaches giving him like all the time he needs. He's not punishing him. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember like his first year. Um he plays a game against the Flames. He scores his first goal mm-hmm. in like however many games and gets an assist, but he takes a stupid penalty and David Quinn benches him. Yeah. Then Larry David went on the Michael K show and was yes. looking at Don LeGrec and was like, why did he bench Kako in the third period? Come on. Yep. First goal in how many games mm-hmm. and an assist. He takes a stupid penalty. With Gallant, doesn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. Kako is flying. Like, uh, dude, it's it's actually, it's it's really fun to watch because this is the Kako that we saw at the World Championships right before we drafted him. The dude that, this is like, 
you know, starting in the playoffs last year, this is a Capo Caco that actually wants the puck. When Quinn was behind the bench, you know, you felt like when the puck was ever on Caco or Laffy stick, it was like a grenade. They just they just wanted to get rid of it because they were so afraid of making a mistake and then not seeing the ice for two months. You know, it's getting stuck in the old Quinn doghouse, as it was called back then. Like, it's it's just refreshing to have young players in the Rangers that want the puck, and when they have the puck, they're trying to make plays, and they're not afraid that they're going to get screamed at for doing so. It's it's a nice change of pace. It is. It is. And, um, you know, some people will say, like, oh, I don't follow the analytics or whatever. I don't need the analytics. I said I tweeted right. this I tweeted this yesterday. Someone made a, a meme about, like, how Kako is, like, uh, a buster. You know, we're just giving him all these excuses. But, like, listen, this is his first real opportunity to mm-hmm. do some damage in the NHL. And if sure you look so. at the statistics, his line does better when he's out there with Kreider and Zibanejad than without him. It's a small sample yeah. size when he's without them, mm-hmm. uh, when they're without him, without Kako. But, man, they generate, according to Natural Stat Trick, at 5-on-5, five five, the top line of Kreider, Zibanejad, Kako has generated 96 scoring chances <laughs> and only only allowed 51. Holy shit. In 115 minutes and 7 seconds of, on, of ice time. <laughs> God, that's dude. while while Kako <laughs> only has three points this year, but Jesus. if you keep if you keep up that pace, the puck's got to go in at some point, man. It's like, going to, it's going right. to. Once once Kreider and Zabanajad feel more comfortable dishing him the puck in areas where he can create offense, it's going to happen. Because right now, what we're seeing a lot of is Kako possessing the puck along the boards and down low, and him setting up Kreider and Zabanajad. And I'm telling you, once once Zibby and Kreider, once they get comfortable with Kako and they're dishing him the puck, then the point totals are going to skyrocket. But, but right now, I think it's more of not Kako adjusting to those two, but those two adjusting to Kako. Almost like, um, I don't want to use the word trust because it could it could sound like a negative thing, like they don't trust him. It's not what I'm saying, but like almost like they have uh, to regain that chemistry that they have with Buknevich. You know, like they, they have to, they got to build that, I hate using this word, but they got to build that confidence within Kako to make those plays. I see. So you're saying that Kreider and Zibanejad have to like give him the mm-hmm. puck more, be, yes. instill confidence in him. Yeah, right. know where they know where he's going to be on the ice. Like that, that, that just second instinct, not not to the Sedin level, right? But just to know where your partner's going to be without needing to look up and make sure they're there. Well, the Sedins were like on a different level because <laughs> they knew each other. They yeah. they were brothers, and that's yep. all they did. They were only played together with each mm-hmm. other throughout their entire life. Dude, they I mean, had twin stinks. It was crazy. Yeah. I would love if Kreider's Zibanejad would be like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's good. Right. But no one could ever be, in terms oh, of chemistry, Daniel yeah. and Henrik Zidane. It's it's not possible, really. Unless another set of twins comes, comes up to the NHL. No. Yes, that would be pretty sick, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But also, I think Kreider is off to a slower start. Mm-hmm last than last year obviously he is off to a slow start because he doesn't have as many power play goals uh, right flexions have not been going in so far mm-hmm. once he picks it up Kako is bound to have more points absolutely set up so like i mean as a unit you think about it if Kreider, if zibanejad's the one that always feeds Kako or uh zibanejad <laughs> is the one that always feeds Kreider for the tap in goal Who's getting Zibanejad the puck? Right. Typically the line mate, the other line mm-hmm. mate, or mm-hmm. Adam Fox. Naturally. Of course. <laughs> um, 
Akako is is going to get his points soon. I feel it, and he he's looking good. Uh, we'll go back to him in a little bit, but I want to talk about uh, puck possession. That's that's been the key for the Rangers the past couple mm-hmm. of games. They've owned the puck. They've owned the puck. Like that game against the Flyers was like when we played the Hurricanes last year with Georgiev mm-hmm. and Net, where they yep. dominated the entire game, but yep. we won. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for the, I was waiting for that to happen, the Flyers to score, and for us to get shot up. Thank goodness it did not happen. Dude, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. That felt like one of those games that you were destined to lose despite outplaying a team. Like it just everything that could have gone wrong offensively went wrong in terms of just the posts, the scoring chances, the missed wide open nets. I think Lafreniere had one where he made a beautiful move, cut across the goalie. And then when he went for the backhand, he, act, he shot it across the crease and it dinged the post and just missed. I think that was in the third period, too. Just felt like a game that we were going to lose. I'm very glad we stuck out the win. And I got to record a live winning reaction for overtime. Jesus, it's been a while since we had one of those. I'm going to have to go back and, and watch that now. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that one was not one of the louder ones, fortunately. My sister had school the next day in the morning, so we kept it nice and quiet. But, oh, it could have been very loud. Right, yeah, yeah. So did you record for the shootout against the Avs? Oh, my God, yeah. That was one of the more vulgar ones in my oh, house. God. <laughs> that one had a lot more, um, let's just say our southern neighbors are a little bit surprised of, of our northern uh, northern choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> Got to watch uh, games with the windows down. Yeah, I, I mean, for these games recently, I've just been, I've been working. So, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't been able to fully pay attention to, like, from – like completely start to finish. Like I'd say a good right. like eighty five percent of the game I am able to watch. Mm-hmm. But like you know, a customer comes in, or right, right. help somebody, <laughs> and it's like that was when Kreider scored the OT winner, and I, I just turned and looked at the phone, <laughs> and there's the lights going off, and Kreider celebrating, and I'm like, right. oh, game's over, we won, <laughs> nice, dude, I love it. Oh yeah, so unfortunately, I wasn't able to get as good of a reaction. As you, um, I'm assuming. Um, But, you know, dominating possession equals more chances, Mm -hmm. which equals more goals. You don't need to understand. You don't need to understand the charts, the heat maps, the bar charts, the scatter graphs, the scatter Mm -hmm. plots to to understand that if you have the puck more, it means you're getting more chances, Mm -hmm. which means you're eventually going to get more goals. Like, that's just how how it works. Like, right, exactly. If you have you seen Moneyball? Yes. Okay. One of my favorite movies. Love Moneyball. Mm-hmm. The way First I will use... we ever saw. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, the way I will use it and explain analytics is like how it's done in Moneyball. In order right. to get wins, you need to get runs, and in mm-hmm. order to get runs, you need to get on base because getting yep. on base is the most likely. You're more likely to score a run if you have a guy on first base, whereas if you got you have nobody on base, like you can't just right. rely on a home run every single time, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, so you get on base, you increase your odds of getting runs, and if you have more runs, you're going to be more likely to win games. So in order to get wins in hockey, you need to score goals. But in order to score goals, you need to have scoring chances. Right. Which means you need to shoot. Mm-hmm. The Rangers have shot, like, they've averaged like 35, 40 shots a game, I think, so far this year. I don't know the exact number, but it's up there. It's significantly more than years prior yeah that's all you need to know the rangers are out shooting their opponents they're not the ones being outshot like last year 
So this is a big change for the team so far so far this year. It's huge. And it's it's noticeable too. To actually go off that stat you were talking about with these shots, I got it on NHL.com right here. The Rangers are shooting, let's see, shots per game play. Yeah. The Rangers are the fourth. They have the fourth most shots per game at 36 and a half shots per game. See what I mean? 36. <laughs> it's a lot of shots on if that. You dude. T- if you shoot the puck a hundred times, it's got to go in. You know? Exactly. Unless exactly. every every one of those shots is a no screen wrister from the blue line, mm-hmm. then it it's got to go in. Right. So exactly. The more shots you take, you have to assume that you're getting to different areas of the ice to mm-hmm. take those shots. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting to the middle and taking the shot, it's more likely to go in than mm-hmm. you know a slapper from the point without a screen. Right. Exactly. You know what's crazy too. Is even though the Rangers have the fourth most shots per game in the league, it still feels like they pass too much sometimes, especially on the power play, dude. On the power play, for sure. I will say oh that they pass too much, God. but I do like at 5v5, I do mm. like that they are cycling it. Oh, I yes. Because it, it's absolutely the, the Flyers could not even skate. They no. could not even skate. No, it, dog. That, that was it. Like the goalie had to come up with a big save. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. all that happened. The mm-hmm. more you, the more you wear down your opponent, the hard, the easier it is for you to get into the slot to make yep. the cross ice pass, the the, the cross creaser, mm-hmm. to take the wristers <laughs> and stuff, you know, right. right? So, and the post, the post, like oh. they were getting the chances, they yes. just were barely not going in. The Rangers could have mm-hmm. very easily came away with with a four nothing win instead of a one nothing game win in overtime. Exactly, dude, hundred percent. 100%, especially against the Flyers, too, a team that's off to a very hot start with a John Tortorella coach team that, that screams, block shots, possess the puck, and we did not allow them to do any of those things. It was actually, I think, a really good game for the Rangers because even though the Flyers at the beginning of the season were expected to be a, um, a bottom-of-the-barrel team, if you will, they're still a strong defensive team and a team that can possess the puck. Kevin Hayes was a Ranger for, I think, six years. We know how well he can possess the puck, and he's gotten better at it. And yet still, we kept him off the board, and we controlled the puck more than they did. It was, I think, an important game for the Rangers, especially against a divisional rival. I hope that this is the identity of the team. Absolutely. Last year, the identity of the team was rely on Chesterkin and score a power play play goal when when he needed it. Absolutely. I I love the team. I always Mm -hmm. will love the team. But this identity, if, if if it is the identity of the Rangers possessing the puck, Mm-hmm. I'm on board with it. I oh, love it. Yeah. This is what I want. I want my team dominating possession. I I was trying to find a picture of like a tilted block of ice <laughs> to show. I couldn't find a good enough one, but I did it anyways. I posted. I was like, "This is the live look at the the Flyers uh, POV." You know, like the, right, the right. ice from the Flyers' perspective. Yeah, and it was just a tilted block of ice. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't. It didn't do it enough justice because the puck was just in their end the entire game. Yep. Yeah. Right? Seriously. Like, how many times did that happen to the Rangers last year? Well, what were the Rangers? I I can't think of the number off the top of my head, but I think they were bottom ten in the whole league in shots against last year. They were giving up a lot of shots. Too. Shesterkin, I think. Actually, I think it was Shesterkin that was first or second most shots faced per game. Something like that. I don't know, but. Yeah, we're, we're used to the Rangers being the team that, um, well, like John Davidson used to call it when he was announced the surge. The Rangers would get the surge every now and again, meaning that majority of the game, they're not possessing the puck, but then they'd have like a minute or two of 
domination, and then the rest of the game they suck and get eaten alive again. Whereas now it feels like the Rangers are having the surge for the majority of the game and only occasionally have some serious pressure in their defensive zone. Yeah, I want the inverse of the surge. I want exactly. 50, 57 minutes if right. you can of yes. dominating the, the play mm-hmm. and three minutes of, of total of them getting. And that includes like their power play chances. Like oh, I want, I want the puck. Mm-hmm. Give me the puck. <laughs> Dude, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Rangers finally have built a consistent roster. I mean, even oh, the years when yeah, the Rangers yeah, made ahead. their cup runs, dude, we had the most inconsistent roster ever. Like, my childhood was a lot – I say my childhood. My early teen years was a lot of, oh, my God, Marion Gabrick. I love Marion Gabrick. Marion Gabrick was only here for, like, three or four years. Like, he's my most noted, like, remembered Ranger, and he really was not here very long. Even Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough was – the, up until Adam Fox, the best Rangers defenseman I ever saw live. And yet McDonough was really only here for like six or seven years. Like this Rangers team is, it's, it's young, it's growing up together, but we've got guys that have been here a long time and are actually playing together. Like long gone are the days of we'd go into a season with maybe like two or three on a lucky year, four core guys that were there the year before. And there's a bunch of throw in fill-ins like after that, the best Rangers team I ever saw was a 2014 cup playoff team where we had a team that was filled with guys that had been here a while with a handful of new guys, and it just worked. After that, it's and before that, it's just every single year. It's just a mixed bag of guys, and we finally have consistency in the roster, and it's showing with the chemistry, dude. Oh, my God, it's fun to watch. If the Rangers could iron out their bottom six, then <sighs> it will it will remind me a lot of that 2014 team. That was such dude. a balanced team. Every single oh, one of our hell. lines was able to hold possession of the puck. Dude, they were able to cycle. They were Mm -hmm. able to get scoring chances. Any Mm -hmm. one of those guys you could put out there, and I'd be confident that we could score a goal. Even the fourth line, dude, that fourth line was freaking awesome. It was it was Dominic Moore and Brian Boyle. So, and and this is a little strategy they ran where one of them would purposely get thrown out of the faceoff dot on a night on an icing to um to kill a little clock, get like extra second arrest. Whereas like that's that's huge. Like you have two guys that are well over fifty percent the faceoff dot, and then you had either Carcillo or Dorset. So a mother effer on the fourth line playing with them, dude. Just God, that 2014 team was awesome. Each line had an identity. Like it didn't need to be a team identity. Each line you put out there, you knew what they were gonna do, and they were gonna do it 150%. And it just I feel a lot of that energy coming with this with this Rangers team and that we can get a the fourth line and maybe a piece of that third line figured out and we have a strong bottom six, I think the Rangers are going to be a scary team this year. Yeah, and that we could kind of segue it into the next topic, like the, the concerns that we have for the team. I think mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about the bottom six, and yes. I just mentioned that. So let's go with that first. The, mm-hmm. the bottom six is the combination. I think Gallant is doing, Gallant is doing a, a really good job so far mm-hmm. this year of, of – putting together the combinations like the right players right. are out there like Kako is mm-hmm. in the top six Lafreniere is in the top six those yep. guys need to be there last Absolutely. year they they didn't get it much of a chance up uh-uh. there and uh-uh. you know it's good to see that he's finally doing he's not too stubborn even Jones is, is out there and like if he has it off game sure you put Hayek in for a game or two but like Jones right. has stepped it up in the past couple games and so Absolutely. he's rewarding him he's not taking him out Exactly. Uh, watch, I say this, and then he's going to take him out. But like, <laughs> he won't play tonight. <laughs> right. I think he's supposed to be in tonight for against Boston. Uh, Lady Boston. Liberty jersey debuts, by the way. Hell, I yes, can't it wait. is. I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, But 
yeah, Gallant has done a good job of putting the, the right players out there. And yes. also, this past Saturday, I think we saw our best energy bottom six, like fourth line or third mm-hmm. line, whatever you want to call it. Like, Blay and Gauthier were outstanding on uh, against the Stars. Outstanding. <laughs> it's been freaking awesome watching Gauthier. Holy hell. Yeah, I know people want to, like, people want to say, like, oh, Gauthier sucks because he can't. He can't put the puck in the back of the net, but the guy draws penalties. Seriously. He constantly yeah. puts your team on an advantage. Yeah, he mm-hmm. may take a penalty here and there, a stupid one in the offensive zone. He's always in on the forecheck. He creates, he's a perfect fourth liner. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you want this guy in the lineup? I agree 100%. Actually, to tell you the truth, I was sitting here just thinking the other day that honestly, the perfect fourth line for the Rangers, if the third line can get a little bit of help, the perfect fourth line for the Rangers going into the playoffs would have been. Or would be Blay, Gaudreau in the middle, and on the right side, Julian Gauthier. But Gauthier's got to play yeah. consistent. He can't fall asleep like he did last year and, and lollygag around the ice. He's got to keep the energy he has now later. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of what they wanted. If I had to mm-hmm. take a guess, I have no idea for sure. But if I had mm-hmm. to take a guess, that stuff, they want him to iron out that stuff in the minors. That, that's why they right. started him out there. Like Absolutely. You know, he's dominant, dude. Yeah, oh my Kravtsov God. Needs, Kravtsov needs to be on the team. because I think so. I hope I, think so. I hope he could, you know, catch a break finally. Whenever mm-hmm. he comes back from his injury, I hope he could ca- catch a break and mm-hmm. you no, know, start feeling more comfortable because it's been so far. It's just been in the lineup, out of the lineup, in the lineup, yep. out of the lineup. Not because he's been scratched, but maybe one game he was healthy scratch. But like mm-hmm. he's taking these big hits, and you know, I'm not gonna say he's a soft player. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It just happens, like you no, know, like it's bad luck, bad luck. Bad, I'm gonna say that, yeah. I'll say it's bad luck. Like, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Heck no! And he looked really good right before he got hurt again. Like, really, needs, like comfortable. <laughs> he needs a stretch of like, okay, so he needs to be in the lineup for five games straight or something like that. Yep. Five or more games straight, and he doesn't necessarily need to do something in those five games. It's just to get him comfortable, like being consistent playing time, and not have to worry about an injury or or exactly. you know, playing time. You know. Mm-hmm. And then after those five games, in the next 15 games after that, that's when you have to look for, you know, if he's going to make an impact or not. If he's still not comfortable, then, you know, maybe it's time to move on from him. But like, right. And teams will teams will take flyers. I mean, we got – what did it cost us to get Frank Petrano last year? We pretty much got him – what was it, just a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick, right? Yeah, a depth so, pick. And, and Frankie Petrano, I mean, oh, God. It would have been awesome if we could have kept him this year because I'm, I'm a huge Vitrano guy. But, you know, if, if Vitaly Krasov does not work out and the Rangers do need to make a move at the deadline, you could see him being a piece they move for someone similar to Vitrano. Like a, a, a middle six forward that could score, that Fortex just plays the game hard and can jack of all trades, master of none. Kind of like Lowry, how Adam Lowry from Winnipeg, maybe. Dude, oh my God. It would have been nice if the Rangers Good. scooped up like Evan Rodriguez in free agency. Dude, that is still he... confuses me, man. I don't know why. Like, at two million a year, right? Two million for one. Oh my god, that kills me. If they couldn't afford Tyler Mott, I guess then they they couldn't afford uh, Evan Rodriguez. But like, he would have been a really really good third liner for for the team because he's one of those guys that like. You know, always has the the puck. Like mm-hmm. he's always involved in the play. And yep. perfect third liner. Perfect. <laughs> Evan Rodriguez, man, that's really who I was kind of gunning for for the Rangers to go after this off season. And you know, 
what bothered me the most going into this offseason was the whole we're not going to carry a 23-man roster thing. We go into the season carrying a 23-man roster. That We then wave Dryden Hunt. We lose him to waivers, and suddenly we had enough cap space to re-sign Tyler Mata after all. So, oh. Yeah, so they had to accrue the cap space. It, it, it sticks, oh. but if Tyler Mott becomes available at the trade deadline, sign me up. Uh, sign me sign up, me do up. it again. Dude, I, if, if, what is Tyler Mott signed for? I got to double check. It's like 1.5 something, but double check, yeah. And I think he's signed for two years, I believe. Not, not entirely sure, but no, one year, one, one year, year. one point three five, dude. That is more okay. than affordable at the deadline. I would, I would, I would trade a third round pick plus for him. Well, maybe and, not plus, but and they could retain it, and they could retain salary too. Exactly. Dude, oh my god, I miss Mott. Dude, at one point three five, like if they would have sent down Dryden Hunt and carried the twenty two man roster from the beginning, we could have afforded Tyler Mott at that, and I'm sure Tyler Mott would have taken maybe a smidge less than that to play for the Rangers. Yeah, but alas, yeah. not to be, I guess. It's it's too early to start thinking about the trade deadline, but it's just looking yes. ahead to see what what you could possibly do to iron out the, that bottom mm. six there. Absolutely, because honestly, I, dude, they're yeah. only one winger away. I think one winger in that bottom six, and I think we're fine. I do like that VZ is very good defensively. Yes. Like he, the stat. I don't know if he if it's changed, but he went. He was like the last remaining Rangers forward to not be on the ice for a goal against at even strength or at five v five. One of those. Two. Really? Yes. I yes. believe that, though, dude. He's been so solid. I, I feel like every time he's on the ice, it's not really even scoring changes against. They need to. They de- they should give him more penalty killing time. He only got twenty six yeah. seconds in the last game. Like I agree with that. Well, I think um, it was it was on Jay Fresh's. I want to say it was Jay Fresh's model that his penalty killing efficiency was a hundred percent or something like that. And that, like, um, I don't, I don't know exactly how he does his statistics, but he does them zero percent to a hundred percent. And um, yeah, VC's penalty kill was at a hundred percent, if I recall correctly. It was ridiculous. He was with probably the really small, probably really small sample size. But like the Rangers right. should definitely be using guys oh, like VZ, yeah. Kako, mm-hmm. a little yes. bit more. Kako especially, dude. Oh my god. Kako only got forty-two seconds of shorthanded time. <laughs> I think, like. That's another, right, and that segues to my to my next concern with the team. I think they it's too much ice time invested in the in in the top six. Like the other mm-hmm. day, the other night, Zabanjad twenty four sixteen time on ice. Trocheck twenty four eleven time on ice. Like yeah. these guys are getting. Trocheck got two forty seven of shorthanded time on ice. I'm looking at it from the ESPN box score, by the way. Um, oh Jesus! Zabanajad, two and a half minutes, two thirty-three. It's shorthanded. That's a lot. Fox, three oh four, like shorthanded. I mean, he's a defenseman though, so yeah, like right, right. He played almost half an hour, half an hour, twenty-seven and a half minutes. Oh, all together, Adam Fox. They use him a lot more. That's like, it's like the next closest guy is Miller, at twenty-one. 49 so that's Jesus six minutes Christmas. six minutes more than the next closest defender so i think the rangers gotta i think the lance gotta allocate the ice time a little bit more right He's, he did give lafreniere and kako each got 18 minutes like kako got 19 minutes actually 18 minutes about damn yeah man. yep um but yeah they gotta like even out the even even it out because it's gonna be it's a lot to that's oh, a lot yeah. of ice time for Zabanajad. It's it's a lot mm-hmm. for Panera in twenty one minutes in a game that goes to overtime. 
mm-hmm. in a one nothing game in in the beginning of November. So exactly, yep. the guys that have nine minutes like Blay and VZ, or eight minutes like Carpenter and yeah. Gauthier, even if you throw Reeves in there, like Reeves had seven fifty one time on ice, <laughs> like those guys need to get more ice time. Like give them an extra like five shifts, you know? Like right, they're only right. taking ten shifts. Everybody else is taking twenty. Like, give them five shifts. Yeah, and to tell you the truth, I, I wonder if Gallant playing the top lines and top pairing on defense is as much as him believing in his top guys as much as he, as he does and having just the utmost confidence in them, or if it's his maybe lack of trust for the bottom pairing defense and the bottom six right now, especially with Philip Heedle out in the bottom six and not having a um, – your stereotypical veteran back-end presence uh, between Schneider and Jones. I wonder if that plays into it a little bit. Okay, then the way I would do it is like, you know, I'm just a fan. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not a coach, but (laughs) if you're going to put the third or the fourth line out there, at least put, like, Truba. or If you want to have a veteran presence out there, put Goudreau on and put Fox on. Fox isn't a veteran, but you know you can Mm -hmm. trust him. 100%. 100%. I'm still surprised they haven't split up Jones and Schneider and tried to do a Schneider-Miller and Jones-Truba or just something along those lines it, it, just to build a little confidence when the, within the kids. Because to tell you the truth, I actually don't think Jones and Schneider have played that poorly as a pair. I'm not sure of the individual fancy stats between the two, but just from watching them, they don't look awful out there. At least I don't think. A couple of mistakes here and there by Jones, I'd say. Right. But, uh, they. Gallant experimented a little bit in uh, the game against the Stars. Like, he broke up those mm-hmm. deep pairing, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. I did not expect that to happen. Like, Not in a winning game. If you're in a losing game, you have nothing else to lose. You try something new, but he's making millions, not us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, the defensive pairings have not been touched in mm-hmm. over a year. Over yep. a year. They've stayed the same. It's like, mm-hmm. we're never getting we're never getting Fox Miller. We're never no. getting that there. God, I wish we would though. Yeah, that would be oh. great, dude. That the other great. team would never touch the puck. They, they would, they wouldn't even get to look at the puck. Right. Yeah, it was. I, I wish we could get it, but it's 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 just uh, it's not meant to be. I don't think. And I was really surprised that for that reason, I was really surprised when Glenn changed the defense pairing. Period. Mm-hmm. Like at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was the last thing I expected. Yeah. God, though, like you said, man, that Miller, that Miller Fox pair would would just, I just, just for fan service, just let us see it. Just let us see what it looks like for like one game. God, mm-hmm. man, it'll be fun to. I, you know what though? Like, I don't think he'll ever take Miller off a of Truba's pair because as good as Truba's been this year, and he has been very good, he still lacks that foot speed, and Miller does make up for a lot of Truba's mistakes, a lot of them. It's good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good note. You're observation you're you're putting out there i also yeah. like i li- also like what you're saying about you know heedle's not there and that mm-hmm. could impact his decision to use those those mm-hmm. bottom six guys but at least use the third line like i mean you could, yeah, seriously. You could trust goudreau yep you right could trust exactly goudreau. Yeah. okay you may not trust carpenter but <laughs> carpenter was the lance player right so exactly there's there's also that like if he's if you've had him before and you're comfortable with that player, then why aren't you using him more? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's confusing, but I, I, I do think that's a valid reason not having Heedle there is mm-hmm. because he 
has played really well so far this season in my eyes. Again, Dude. points oh points are not there for no. for the for the kids yet, but they're coming. I think they I think it's it's meant to be this year. This Dude, is the year they break out. Especially Heedle, dude. I honestly, I had Heedle as my personal pick, not to outplay, but to outscore, uh, potentially outscore Laffy and Kako, just on account of him having his own line, being on the third line. And when Heedle was out there, if Kako and Laffy were not on his line, then Heedle was going to be the guy, and the offense on that line was going to be run through him. Whereas right now, as good as Laffy and Kako are playing, they're kind of supporting supporting actors on that first and second line. I mean, listen, I love Kako. I love Laffy, but right now we're probably favoring Panera and Enzabanajad over them. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I see what you're saying. I will say, I will I will say that that Kako is definitely like okay, a supporting character, yes, of right. course, but he's like a significant supporting character. Oh yeah, dude. Right. He's drawing penalties. Yeah. He's tied for second on the team with three drawn penalties. I said <laughs> ice cold take of the week time. Here we go. Kako's going to lead the team maybe the league in drawn penalties at the end of the year with the way he's playing. He's got some stiff competition with Gauthier, man. I don't know. Imagine Gauthier plays a full season. That'll be a nice little rivalry. If he plays <laughs> the way he's been playing, Kako will, will lead the league and draw penalties. Dude, I, I can I, see it 100%. He drew two in the opening night game. Yeah. Well, dude, and he's ragdolling people when he has the puck. When he protects the puck and they go for the reach around and knock it off his stick, he is literally ragdolling people. I, I bet I, I'll even take it a step further. I don't think he'll not only lead the league in penalties drawn, I think he'll have the most drawn hooking penalties in NHL history. I mean, Jesus Christ, the reach rounds this guy gets. Mm-hmm. It's just up to the refs to call it. Oh, my God. They yeah. got to get the benefit of the doubt eventually. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to see it, dude, and he'll learn to sell it a little bit, but it's coming. Yeah. He's, he's holding the puck more. Dan Rosen mm-hmm. talked about it. He said that he's holding the puck more, which, you know, makes him more of a threat. Right. On the ice, especially in the offensive zone, which makes it so that the opposing team wants to get him off the puck, which yep. makes them do something stupid, like mm-hmm. take a penalty. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so, and this goes back to yeah. what you were saying earlier about the Rangers being a possession team. The more you possess the puck, the more tired your opponents get. And then let's say let's say it's the Panarin on that line out there. They're possessing the puck. The other team's tired. They can't get a change. Rangers change on the fly. Kako goes out there playing against a tired line, possesses the puck, and draws a penalty. And that could be a nice little repetitive cycle we get there with him drawing penalties against tired opponents. Right. He's Everything looks great so far mm-hmm. to, the, to the eyes yes. for Kako so far this year. His passes are great. He said that he's the most confident mm-hmm. that he's been. Like he, the coach trusts him. I read an article from from Mercagliano, and he was saying that Kako was saying that you know he's that the coach trusts him, mm-hmm. whereas like our previous coach may not have trusted him <laughs> that much, yep. and sat him, benched him, not played him as much. But mm-hmm. he's letting the kid play, and he's. I think he's doing great. I think he's doing great things. From an analytical standpoint, his expected goals for percentage is 61.78. His goals for percentage is 44.44. This means he's getting to the best areas to score goals, but they're just not going in. That was Kako's? That was Kako's expected goals for? Yes. That's from natural stat. Jesus. That's from natural stat trick. That's – I know the analytics – like. I know there's flaws with expected goals for, and I still don't understand how it, it's represented in the chart. But I do know that the Ooh. way it's scored is, you know, you get like points based on where the shots are coming from. If his percentage right. is that high, that means he's getting there to those areas so much more when he's on the ice than when then against like when the shot when he's on the ice and the shots are going against him. You yeah. know, like right, right, right. So. He's doing all the right thing, except mm-hmm. put the puck in the back of the net. Or his teammates aren't putting the puck in the back of the net from his mm-hmm. setup. Like, I posted a video. You probably saw I think you saw it. Uh, you, you liked it, actually, yesterday. He dumped the puck in. And wait, someone else might have dumped the puck in. And he mm-hmm. made, like, a move around the defender. He cut to the inside, swooped it off of him, and then, like, made a great, like, cross-ice yes. feed to Kreider. Who couldn't mm-hmm. tap it in? Like, yes. if Kreider taps that in, like, damn, the kids are awesome. Right. Yep, hundred percent, dude. The conversation is is completely different. Like, he's setting plays up. He this isn't like mm. he's completely noticeable on the ice. It's not. He's not invisible like he was yeah. in years past. Right. No pedestrian shifts. He's noticeable every time he's out there. Right. And that's that's the best thing. Like that's what that's what I want from him. Like. They're coming. He says it's. He feels it's coming. The goals are gonna come, and you know, you gotta keep. You gotta give him the time. You cannot give yes. up on him when he's at this point. When he's made it this far, look at the character development. Like the character. Dude, arc. seriously. Like, honestly. Well, it's he, crazy, dude. He's still so lows, young. Yeah. yeah, he's still so young. Like, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Like, enough with the. Like, okay, Patrick Kane on the Rangers. You can say what you want about that. But I don't want I don't want to I don't want to swap Kane for Kako. No, 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 no. You're out of your mind. No, not even a little bit, dude. Not like, even a little. Kako could become the next Kane, seriously, the next Mark Stone. So let's keep him. That's let's who I want him to become, dude. Oh my god, Mark Stone, dude. Mark Stone is one of my favorite players in the league. That's not on the Rangers. Could you? Oh God, that would be freaking awesome, wouldn't it be? Holy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Mark Stone does literally everything. 
Like he's the he's the hockey definition of a five tool player. Like in baseball, a five tool player is a guy that does everything and does it well. If Capo Caco could be a guy that does everything and does everything well, then that is that that's all you need. You know, everyone's going to go back and and it is true. Jack Hughes is going to be the it's un it's un it's undoubtful at this point that he's going to be the way more efficient offensive producer. That's fine. That's fine. Offense can only take you so far because if you're not producing offense and you're not doing anything else, you're you're a net negative. Whereas if you can do other things like Cockle can, i.e. possessing the puck, potentially killing penalty someday, well, that's the guy you build a winning team around. Just saying, man. Mm-hmm. I, give me that Mark Stone every day of the week. Solid player at both ends of the ice. That mm-hmm. also going back to the to that article on Kako from from Vince. Uh, he also he also brought up I think this was from Natural Statric or Evolving Hockey over the weekend the the Zabanajad line Kreider mm-hmm. Zabanajad Kako outchanced like the the Stars fifteen to one mm-hmm. and outchanced the Coyotes like fifteen to two. So oh my God, that means they only gave up three scoring chances. Period, in that mm-hmm. in those two games, which means the puck is in the more more often than not. If you like, if you go back and look at the game and go to a point where Kako, Kreider, and Zabanjad are on the ice at any mm-hmm. point in that game, more often than not, the puck's going to be in the star zone. And you said it was fifteen to one against the something, stars. I think so. Yeah, something like <laughs> along those lines. It was. Ridiculous. Jesus. So the best defense is a good offense, you know, mm-hmm. and he's also making good plays. Like defensively, he's he's getting better. He yes. was one of the worst defensive players in the league. Defensive yep. forwards in the league his first year. And now mm-hmm. he's one of the better guys on his team. So yes. he's reliable. And I think, you know, that's all the more reason for him to be confident. 100%, dude. I, this, is, this is the year of Kako, I think. The year of Kako. Lafreniere yes, too is has been has played really really well mm-hmm. so far. Uh, uh, yes, yes. You want to you want to talk of talk about him? <laughs> so easy to talk about Lafreniere, dude. Because you know what? The one thing I love about Lafreniere is like he's like your typical French Canadian star. He could do everything offensively you ask of him, but if he can't produce offense, you know he's in the corner throwing elbows hitting guys into the boards as hard as he can, skating hard forwards, skating hard backwards. Like that's the one thing I love about Alexi Lafreniere is that when the offense does develop and he becomes a premier offensive player, he's still going to be physical as hell. And he's going to be reliable in any situation you put him in. I forget who it was. It dude, it might've even been Vince when the Rangers drafted him where he was saying that someone called him like a Derek Jeter type where the guy will do literally anything it takes to win. And that, that includes two and, Crazy stuff like what Messier would do. I mean, this is the 90s, but like little sneaky little elbows in the corner, just doing whatever it takes to, to win a game. And that, I see that in Lafreniere. Like this guy, he was a leader everywhere he's been. And I do think that one day that he will don the sea for the New York Rangers. I think that day is, is it's it's going to come eventually. At the very least, a letter because I, I just, I don't know. This, for a guy as talented as he is, he, he has very, um, he has a lot of blue collar, like um, what what do you call it? like blue blue Baldies. collar? Um, yeah, yeah, blue collar. Like the guy just works hard. Everything he does, I've never seen Lafreniere, at least not this season, come out there and have a his shifter is like 
oh, wow, I didn't realize he was on the ice because he's always doing something. I think he led the Rangers in takeaways per 60 last year. I think. I could be wrong on that. That was on um, on Hockey Reference. But, dude, like, oh, no longer a bust. Get that bust conversation just throw out mm-hmm. the damn window because I am mm-hmm. loving the way these kids are playing. They are committed for the win, and I love it. We're going to see their skills start to start to, to take place. I'll, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to make the correction to, uh, to uh, what I was saying before about the chances mm-hmm. for Kako. Here's what it says in Mercagliano's article. Flat out. They've been flat out dominant during the current three game winning streak, collecting 37 scoring chances while surrendering only nine. It was, Oh my God. It, it, it was in. So in two of those wins, Saturday in Dallas and Tuesday against the Flyers, not not Sunday against the Coyotes. Saturday in Dallas and Tuesday against the Flyers, they outchanced the opponent fifteen to one and fifteen to two, respectively. That line, Taco, Taco, Zabanjad, and Kreider, like that line, and that yeah, of, of they course, can, that comes they can't from, be up. once they again, that comes be... from from Mercagliano. Shout out to him, dude's awesome. Yeah, put put the Patrick Kane talks to bed. I'm I'm I would love Patrick Kane do, but if the if that line is that efficient right now, you do not break them up. Do not. I'm gonna bring up. I haven't brought. I haven't used this, but um, let's show a comment here. So Core Python, shout out to him on YouTube. He says the Rangers should target Kubalik at the deadline to make a Hagel like move. Um, I like that. Dude, that's literally what we were just talking about earlier. We we could use like one more winger just for that third line to round it out. Why not a guy like Dominic Kubalik? He's awesome. I remember his rookie year. He was like in the running for for yes. rookie of the year. And um, yes. I got to look at his stats because I haven't kept up with him since that year. Mm-hmm. But uh, what he team had twenty is he something. Even? He's on the Red Wing. Yes, that's like, like a guy that goals, I don't know about that actually because that's Iserman. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if if he would be willing to make a trade like that. It'd have to be in the Rangers' best interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what the Rangers would have to package to get that kind of player. Uh, what are his stats this year so far? Come on, got, uh, it's two years, two and a half million. Like, if well, I guess that kind of depends if the Red Wings are a playoff team or not. If the Red Wings aren't a two- playoff team and Oh my god, dude! Kubalik's got eleven points in nine games this season. Yeah, he might be too good. I don't know, but in oh years past, god. in years past, like last year, he only had thirty-two and seventy-eight. Right, uh, thirty-eight and fifty-six of previous. That's pretty good. That one, and then his first year, he scored thirty goals. That, like, dude, that's. I, listen, if, if if we could, if we could make a move for a guy like that, I mean, that's significantly cheaper than than a Patrick Kane option, and. If you yeah. could somehow convince him to retain half his salary, you got a player making a 1.2 mil for a year and a half that could score 30 goals. Yeah. But it's all about making it work. What's the contract again? Two years, two and a half. Cut that in half. It's 1.25. That's going to be the tough part is getting them to eat any salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if they're thinking they're going to be a playoff team next year. Yeah. So you'd have to think about offering up like a, a pretty good, not, not like an Othman. You don't need an Othman. No. Not Sakura, Matthew Robertson. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, like, like a Robertson type. Uh, I don't. It's have. It have to be something more. And and Detroit mm. drafts. Detroit has been drafting well, so they're gonna want some draft picks, especially in this year's yes. draft. Uh, I don't know if I'd give up a first round pick for for Cooper. Hell like, no. Hell no. 
Yeah. The Rangers, I think, I think the Rangers would be smart this year to avoid trading either one of their first round picks. It's clear to this point the Stars are going to make the playoffs. I think they're too good of a team. If they do fall off and we do get a pick in the top fifteen, I forget what is it. It has to be, uh, it has to be a, like an actual top three pick, right, for the Stars pick to get bounced next year. It's got to be. A, I think it's a like if they miss the playoffs. I think if it's a lot, and then it bounces, and then it bounces. Yeah. Oh wait, okay. no. I, actually, I think it's top ten protected. Uh, top ten. Let's, let's well, listen. If they it. if they want to be the eleventh worst gotta, team and give us the wrong pick, I'll take it. We gotta we gotta fact check this. Yeah, only fact here on, <laughs> on uh, ice cold take. <laughs> I made a promise. Um, yes, if the Stars' own first round pick is in 2023 is in the top ten, New York will get Dallas's own first round selection in 2024 instead, and that pick will be unprotected. That's from uh, mm. NHL.com. So, man, yeah. it'd be a real shame if the Stars suck this year and next year, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Yeah, um, but I don't think they shouldn't. They shouldn't trade either one of their first round picks. I mean, so in in my honest opinion, because it's it's going to keep going back to Patrick Kane at the deadline. I think the only way the Rangers do make a move for Patrick Kane is if there is a significant, and I mean a significant, a significant injury to the top six. Otherwise, uh, I just don't see how you can make it work without severely overpaying to acquire him and then only having him for. What is it? Eighteen regular season games and a handful of playoff games. Even yeah. if you get past first round, it's it's just the novelty of it. Having him wear the jersey is I like think- it's fun, but yes, it's yes. probably not the best idea if, for the Rangers. And, and like, Mm-mm. you're obviously not going to sign this guy to an extension. No. Like that's out the door. Unless, you unless wanna, he takes yeah. a nice little discount, dude. Because I saw something the other day, and now it might it might have been some Larry Brooks spam. But unless he takes like a million or less a year. Like if he really wants to be here, he takes a million or less a year, then you can make work, but he's not doing that, dude. The guy's going to make more money. It's yeah. It's also interesting, interesting too. Like, cause he, I think he's got a no trade clause. So you could mm-hmm. just, just say like, screw you guys. I'm only playing for the Rangers. Ha ha ha. And then the Rangers could then mm-hmm. say like, here, here's a seventh round pick trade him oh. to Arizona. It yeah. would be like Arizona would be getting more out of that trade. Yep. Then, Chicago would from the Rangers because they're the only buyer. Mm. But because exactly. the Rangers would have to go through Arizona. I, I'm only using Arizona as an example because they're like mm-hmm. like a cap. Like right. uh what's the word for it? Like they could eat the salary, like they, they have so much the, cap space. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like as one of those teams, like um I forget the word for it. I, I'm not even gonna try. But <laughs> yeah, they're one of those teams that could eat the salary and um you know that's that's a good thing for that's that's how it would work out for the Rangers if they wanted to make right. that trade. Which mm-hmm. you know, if Kubalik is available for the right price, why not go for Kubalik? That would be good for the third yeah. line. Good little player. Or or you know, like in terms of like assets that you're giving up, like if Kravtsov doesn't work out, you could just flip him for exactly. for Kubalik. Like right. I think that would be a fair trade. Mm-hmm. Kubalik for Kravtsov, straight up. Yep. And then Crosswell uh, turns to the next into uh, Valerie Natrushkin, and then that's just Rangers history repeating itself. Python also says he's more interested in Taze because then Hedl can play the wing and dominate. Taze is a third line center. Ooh, okay. Yeah, same. He's got the same exact contract as uh, as Kane. So you, so I am a huge Jonathan Taze guy, especially especially if they can get him to consider staying past this season. The only thing I worry about with Jonathan Taze is I have a super sneaky feeling 
that he's not going to play hockey beyond this season because of how bad his injury history is. That is the only thing I'd say. But even past that, if you're just looking at him as a pure rental, this is a guy that is his career, his career average overall throughout his entire career. I'm looking at it right now on hockey reference. His career faceoff percentage is 57.1%. He is almost 63% this year alone. You want to talk mm-hmm. about dominating in faceoffs, dude? He's got eight points in 10 games. He's only three and a half years separated from a 35 goal campaign. Man, if you can get some Jonathan Taze magic going in here, I mean, having Jonathan Taze in the Rangers this year would essentially be building you what the LA Kings had when they had Kopitar Carter and Mike Richards as their top three centers, like a big top three of just three freaking awesome centers down the middle to go into the playoffs with. Oh, my God, dude. Feed me, Jonathan Taze, if you can make that work. You you would add the Stanley Cup leadership. Yep. I thought and just add it on there. For mm-hmm. I guess we're having a three-player, three three, uh, three-person uh, Ice Cold Takes episode today. <laughs> Shout out to Python. Love you, man. Love uh, um, And also... Hedl would be moved over to the wing, and mm-hmm. that's what he's more comfortable in. Like that's what he looks nope. best at. From yes. the from the eyes of our of us fans, like Hedl looks better on the wing than in the center. Yes, I absolutely. still think I still think Hedl could be a good centerman. But if you have Jonathan Taze available, man, go dude, after that. A hundred and fifty freaking percent, dude. Oh, 100%. I don't know. I don't know what you'd have to give up for that. Maybe like. I don't. I would definitely not do a first round pick for sure. Not a first round pick. Same deal. Yeah. Retain, mm-hmm. You would trade. You would take fifty percent. Retain fifty percent. Send them to Arizona. Mm-hmm. They retain fifty percent of that. So yep. it's like what two and a half million dollars, roughly. Yep. And yep. it's just his contract. If I'm not mistaken, I said it's the same exact contract as Kane's because I remember mm-hmm. when they signed it, they signed it together. Yep. So it should be up at the end of this year. So, um, maybe like a second and. Henriksen and Robertson, something like that. A hundred. Well, dude, and you know what I was just thinking too, and I had to double check and make sure I was right in saying this. Jonathan Taze, his his most successful years, his line mate was a little guy named Brandon Sod, <laughs> someone yeah. whose numbers kind of reflect the young Filipino's numbers a little bit. And who knows? You put a guy like Filipino with Jonathan Taze, and well, you might have struck gold there, dude. Imagine. So imagine Heedle, Taves, and Julian Gauthier just buzzing. That's your third line. So they match up with the other team's third pair defense. That's pretty scary if you're lining up against the Rangers in the first round of the playoffs and you line up your third pair defense with Heedle, Taves, and Gauthier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sign me up for that. I'm good. You got me sold there. What's you got his, me sold. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at his possession metrics now, like uh, on here. Mm. Okay. Uh, for his career, forty-four percentage, fifty-four point seven percent. Last two years, I won't put too much weight on that because the the Hawks suck. Yes, uh, and he hasn't um, had real linemates. Right. Uh, I I would imagine. Um, great metric. Let's see. Let's see. Where's the uh? Where's the expected goals for stuff? Oh, here it is. Uh. Okay. Um. Pretty good, yeah. For his career, three hundred seventy nine point three to three sixty point eight goals for mm-hmm. goals against expected wise. Yep, that's pretty good. Uh, we know, like, okay, when's the last time he was in the playoffs? So the year they that would have to be the the COVID year because then they bounce Edmonton in the um in the playoffs. Did, 
did he play? Let's, let's. I think he did, dude. I think he did. Because I know he, he had an. Did he? I think he had like an issue. Like he had COVID or something. Or it was. I forget exactly what it was. Yes, he did play. He did. He did. It was uh, 2020. Yup. Played against Edmonton. That year. He had nine points in nine playoff games that year. Playoff performer, man. Dude, He's Captain won- Serious. Get him on my team. Heedle Taze, Kravtsov, the top nine would be scary. I agree that they should mm-hmm. move any of their first year, but I think Drury will because I think he goes all in this year. I don't th- – okay, so last year, I don't think the Rangers should have gone all in, like, as in I agree. let's trade every first-round pick. Let's trade mm-hmm. this year's first-round pick and next year's first-round pick and Vitaly mm-hmm. Kravtsov and Nils Lundqvist for, you know, a year and a half of Patrick Kane. Like, right, I would have right, right. been all – not – no, 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 don't do that. Do not do mm-hmm. that. Definitely yeah. not on board with that. Even for Taze, mm-hmm. definitely not do that. No. The only person I trade that package for would have been Eichel last year. Yeah, Eichel. There that's you it. go. But that's it. That's it. Last year, like because of I was concerned with the you know the even strength play. I'm glad that they they ironed out those details. Like they went for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Drury's a smart GM. Like I, I he I think he is definitely for the analytics stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely pleased with how with how Kako is playing. So yes, it definitely has some sway. It's not just a bunch of old meatheads that yes. want nothing to do with analytics, <laughs> right? The old Glenn Sayer, the old Good. Glenn Sayer special trade trade everything for one veteran. Good, like you know the trades that he made for Cop, Mott, and Vitrano, even Braun. Like I would take mm-hmm. Braun. I would do that yeah. trade over right now. Yep. right now because you know it would give us some st- stability for for our seventh defenseman. In case Braun an was sneaky happened. good, dude. Braun was like really sneaky good in the playoffs. I actually, exactly I actually what we needed him. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred and and you and you know how I like to like use the history of trades to compare what you'd give up for someone at the deadline. To tell you the truth, dude, the only player off the top of my head that would be in a similar situation to where Patrick Kane is now, and that he's on an expiring contract, he's over the age of thirty-three years old, and it appears he only has one destination in mind, and that being the New York Rangers. The only person I could think of to compare is Marty St. Louis. And we gave up two first round picks, Ryan Callahan, and I believe another second round pick on top of that. So looking at the history of trades, it's tough to even make a case where the Rangers give up less than that. And I, I don't, I don't personally think it's worth it, especially if Patrick Kane wants to be here, he could show that in taking a massive discount and coming to play for the win next year. I just, we talk too much about how good the young guys are playing in the top six. I think it would be silly to give up to give up big pieces today for a guy you can just get tomorrow without giving up assets. So the lines for what we do have right now, not in talking about trades, which you should mm-hmm. I think you should do a Jonathan Taze one, like using historical oh, analysis. Yeah. To, yeah to, right. But wait yeah, wait until it gets closer to the deadline, I would I would say. But, <laughs> right, uh, right. But what we have here with what the Rangers can assemble, I think, obviously, top six, the way it is right Mm -hmm. now, Carter Mm -hmm. Span, Jack Kako, Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere, or uh, whatever. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Put put Lafreniere on his natural side. Mm -hmm. Actually, wait, he's a left winger. Lafreniere, right? They have him playing on the right side because he's with Panarin, but yes. Okay, leave that. Leave that. Mm even if it's not his natural side, leave right, that. Right. And then bottom six, best thing that we could at full strength, VZ Hedl, Kravtsov, Blay, Goudreau, Gauthier. 
that's the that's the best that we could we could do. Yeah. Then you would have to give like that bottom six. Each of them's got to get 15 shifts a game. Yeah. Like, I we I just got to hope Heedle comes back sooner rather than later. And it looks like mm. he he's on the ice. I think like he practiced. Um, okay. Like yesterday, maybe. I saw. Maybe him don't there. play him tonight. Maybe don't yeah, play him tonight. Give him one more time to rest. But yeah. Yeah. And hopefully Kravtsov isn't out for too much longer. Uh, what did they say? It, they said he's day-to-day, right? Um, Car- Carpenter has to fit in somewhere for Glant, sadly. Yeah, okay, yeah, true. <laughs> and, and Reeves eventually. Oh, and, and, yeah, and Reeves too. But Reeves could go, is good for like 40 games. Like he's there when we yeah, need him. Like absolutely. Let's say something bad happened last night. Or uh, mm. uh, not last night, against the, the Flyers. Mm-hmm. That would have been a terrible look if if Gallant didn't throw him out there, you know. Like oh, the Rangers God. were fine; they were fine. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one went after after them. I think he's instilled the the right vibes into the team. Mm-hmm. I think Lafreniere could be like uh, a gritty guy. Like, oh, dude, I love it. I love laugh. I love watching him play out there, dude. It's my favorite. We have thing guys in the world. that can stick up for themselves, like Truba, right. Lindgren. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure Kreider could do that. Trocheck definitely. Yes. Lafreniere for sure. So that you know mentality, that that mindset, I think is is has uh, been transitioned to, has infected, uh, if you will, right. other players on the team, and it's a good thing. A hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. But uh, yeah. So final thoughts. I think the Rangers are are showing off their new identity. I'll write an article about this today. But yeah, I think the Rangers' new identity is. Let's possess the puck as much as we can, pass it as much as we can, get as many scoring chances, shoot the puck 35 times a game, and <laughs> let's get a win. That's it. That's how we play hockey, baby. Dude, 100%. So I got one I got one more thing for you. I have I have one player that we can use as comparison for a Jonathan Tayus trade, and this one's going to hit close to home. Okay. Eric Stahl, two second-round picks, and Alexi Sorella. Oh, okay. So, yes. This is, the, this is yes. the way I'm looking at it, dude. So – Eric Stahl, when we acquired him from the Carolina Hurricanes, he was, I think, just turned 30 years old. It was, it was 2016. That was, God, 2016 was six mm. years ago. Holy yes. shit. So, so, Taze so is a little older at this point, right? Right. Two years older. They were both on an expiring contract. Carolina also ate half of Stahl's salary. It cost us two second round picks and Alexi Sorella. A prospect comparable to Alexi Sorrell right now in terms of raw value would be that of like a um, uh, who's who's the uh, Carl Henriksen. So that would be your comparison right there. That would be your guy. So two second round picks, um, Carl Henriksen, and then you get Taze at fifty percent salary retained. I think I think Sorella was had a lot more potential than Henriksen does. Like Henriksen Absolutely. was really good. Was really mm-hmm. good coming out of the draft because he played right. with with Holtz and Raymond on that line and they loved him and he was right. great for them, but he hasn't been as good or as noticeable. I haven't heard much about him since uh, he was drafted since, since like, you know, Holtz and Raymond were drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard much about for, for Henriksen and, you know, I think Sorella, I think a lot of people considered him to be of more potential and he did get some NHL time and he looked mm-hmm. good, but definitely, I don't think he's panned out, Sorella. Uh, 
No, he de- he, he definitely has it. I think actually right now, I'll tell you where he's at right now. I just I just had him pulled up. Where the heck is he? Yeah, he's he's in the Swiss League right now, and he's he's not even a point per game there. His last NHL stint was with the Panthers. He played nine games in 2020. Yeah, so it didn't work out for him. So maybe, maybe, maybe if not, right. Martin Hansel. Yeah. Martin Hansel's another comparable when he was traded back because he was a center on an expiring contract. He was 2017 traded from the Coyotes to the Minnesota Wild for a first round pick, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick, and it's just a, a player for a, a like a minor league. Grayson Downing. He was an he was an AHL player. He had four points in like 40 games when he got traded. Mm. So those would be the two guys I would use, two guys that are middle six centers right now but are also really solid players. It would be Eric Stahl and Martin Hansel, the two historically I would use if you want to draw a potential uh, trade for um, Jonathan Tace of the Rangers. Also, uh, Python is mentioning you could move Reeves too as a cap dump yes. to avoid needing a 13, but I don't think, I don't think management is going to do that. I definitely no, don't they think won't. they're going to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, you want him around for the playoff run, at least in the mm-hmm. locker room, at least in the locker room. Yes. At that point in the season, you know, like you might as well just keep him. Like that's uh, Yeah, that's not, not somebody you dump at the do, deadline. It's not. Yeah. Like a team will have to pay for, for will want to pay for him. Like, mm-hmm. and, and no one will pay for him because he's past that point in his career. The mm-hmm. Rangers were the last team to do that. The Penguins 100%. gave up a first round pick. I was talking to, <laughs> to I was talking to, to Corey Snyder last week about yes. this. Like it was so funny that yep. you no, know, the the Penguins gave up a first round pick for mm-hmm. Reeves, and that first yep. round pick became Robert Thomas. Yep, that is absolutely insane. Like I'm telling you, dude. Oh God! You imagine if the Penguins <laughs> if the Penguins got Robert had Robert Thomas. Oh God, no! I don't. Oh, I don't want to imagine God. what that would be like, dude. Oh my he God! He would carry. He would carry them like to a legit, you know, threat in the playoffs. Like still, dude. Like, Gensel, Crosby, and Robert Thomas on a line. Oh I would God! Puke. I would puke. That's even like a center. Gensel's not a center. He's a winger. But like mm. Gensel. Or not Gensel, Crosby, Malkin, and Robert Thomas is your center core there. Like, oh. And then Jeff Carter on your fourth line is, oh. even at this point in their careers, it's still dirty. It's still good. That That's going to end up being Ryan Reeves' greatest contribution to the New York Rangers was ensuring that the Penguins did not get Robert Thomas. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Rangers are looking good. Yeah. I say all this, we talk all this good stuff about them and watch them just like crap the bed for the next three games just because of you know that's what Dude, I hope I hope not nope. man <laughs> give me Let's, a Christmas in a good mood please all of last year the Rangers did not lose four games in a row until mm-hmm. the playoffs they lost three games in a row like two or three times during the regular season mm-hmm. and this year they've lost four in a row like already so yeah. let's not let's not go <laughs> win three lose four win three lose four let's no. go win two lose one win three lose one Right, right. When like don't don't go win loss, win loss, win loss. Like Mm-mm. stay consistent like you were last year and just keep up this identity. That's what that's mm-hmm. all I have to say in terms of like what the how the Rangers are playing. I think they're playing great. You think they're playing great, and mm-hmm. you just gotta keep it up, man. Tony's gonna pan out, dude. Like you said, keep shooting the puck, it's gonna eventually go in. All right. So that does it for us here on Ice Cold Takes for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Hey Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. 
Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.